It's easy to get lost. This is The Revenue Maze, and I'm Valerie Cobb. Join me as we navigate the halls, dead ends, and U-turns on your path towards upward growth trajectory. The Revenue Maze is sponsored by Revenue North Star, guidance and execution through fractional revenue leadership, uncovering hidden revenues, and empowering small business growth through process-driven sales customized to your company environment. Welcome everybody to another great episode of the Rony Maze. I, this guest is going to be so fun. And if nothing else, because he's a world traveler for sure. I mean, he's lived in some of the coolest places ever. Um, from Sweden originally and uh, lived in London and has a fondness for Brazil because that's where he hails currently. And he was able to help create the largest online marketplace for consumer credit in Brazil. And he is the CEO and co-founder at Zero. Welcome so much, Lula Viden. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Valerie. Great to, great to be on board on your podcast. It's, it is so, there are so many cool things that are going to come out in this podcast. So I just, but before we do that, and the coolest thing is obviously you're going to help us a little bit today, right? As it's just oh. one is one thing that you can tell the listeners and viewers to help them get out of the revenue maze. Ah, we start off right away there. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We <laughs> always have to start off with that. That's the premise of the show. <laughs> yeah. No, for me, uh, we've been building uh, this business for for more than six years now, and for me, uh, it's it's patience, and trust in your business model, uh, uh, and don't think about short term fix. Uh, we're a marketplace, like you said. Always put the customer first. Uh, we have, uh, I mean, always uh, uh, present all your options on, on, on our marketplace, uh, not thinking about short-term fixes uh, uh, and, and uh, uh, yeah, have the real long-term thinking, basically. Long-term. I love it. So, and, and so a lot of people don't know your, your complete history and we'll come through that, but um, when we, when we talk about having that long-term, what are you looking at for the long-term? You've got to be able to stay in it for the long haul. So how have you been able to do that? Yeah, no, for us, we always, we set out from the beginning to, to build a strong consumer brand. We're ex extremely consumer facing business. Uh, so, uh, I mean, and build a brand, especially in a country the size of Brazil, takes, takes time and, and it's, it's risky in the beginning. And then I'm talking not only building a brand with online media, but also uh, a real offline top of mind brand. Uh, that's our goal. And, and that doesn't bring revenue right away uh, to, to, to build a brand like that. And for me, I normally look at our business in, in, in on two sides of it. Uh, so you have the fuel or, or uh, the, the customer acquisition side, the brand building side, uh, and then you have the engine room or the platform, uh, the, the engine as I like to call it. Uh, for us, it's the, the marketplace. We have a lot of 
lenders are connected there, over 70 of them. So banks uh, uh, and, and fintechs, and this takes time. Uh, and and, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a long-term thing to uh, you know, put the customer first because we, we just don't, we don't want to have a platform with three partners. We, we, we just try to cover the whole spectra of, of Brazilian uh, uh, credit uh, or credit or, or lenders, basically. <clears throat> yeah. So that can translate to multiple businesses saying to make sure that you keep that customer first and know that it's going to take time to build that customer base, right? And you're, before you get to revenue, well, you probably have revenue before you get to maybe profit, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have revenue the coming revenue in. we got. Break even not yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's an interesting story because um, a lot of times in the past, some of the past um, guests on the podcast have sort of mentioned, you know, being gritty and staying with it, right? And you're talking about a six-year journey right now for just this part of it, but you've had other things in your past that you've had to stick through for a while to have that work out as well for you. And so I, I know that we would love to hear a little bit about how you got to where you are today with Finn and Zero, because it was, it didn't start six years. It it started prior to six years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, a yeah, fun true, story. True. <laughs> uh, my, uh, my Brazilian uh, adventure uh, started 12 years ago now. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah, on the, on the personal level, I came to Brazil 2004 uh, for a few months, uh, backpacking. I ended up in, in uh, uh, later in my professional career in London, met a, a, a Brazilian woman who is now my wife and the mother of my two-year-old. Uh, we decided in 2010 to, to, to try Sao Paulo. Uh, I, moved, uh, I moved here then. I managed to have a transfer with a multinational company uh, but I felt uh, pretty much from year one uh, that it was a very buzzing uh, uh, startup scene here and something that I really wanted to try. I was looking at different opportunities, uh, but then in 2015, I could take the step into the startup world here in, in, in Brazil. Uh, but uh, yeah, the journey started way, way, way before we founded Financiero, but uh, now... Brazil is my, uh, you know, my home for 12 years and for sure it will be my first or second home for the rest of my life. I love it here. You know, and it's been very interesting when we were talking before, you know, it, and, and just even before getting on this show, I love the whole global aspect of some of the people that I get to meet for this show. Right. But, um, you know, you're setting up and you're immediately switching to Portuguese or Portuguese or whatever you want, however you want to pronounce it, right? <laughs> to some of the people that you were talking to for the setup. And then you're, you know, and then you're speaking immediately in English to me and then you're moving in, you know, and you're from Sweden. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it, yeah, it's a so, mix. At home, we have three languages now. Uh, uh, <laughs> But it when you when you start looking at looking at the customer first, 
there has been some roots that basically came from some of the things that you learned prior to doing Financero and helping people with their credit and being the largest. I, 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 and sometimes you say it's a small deal. And, you know, we talked a little bit about helping some people in, in an, in a lane that some of the other credit does not do. And, and you kind of notice that as you entered Brazil from your past haunts and uh, in global work that you, that you did before, right? Yeah, no, I think it is quite noticeable 2010, how, how big share of the consumer credit market was uh, occupied by just five, five banks, basically. Yeah. Uh, it was more, more than 80%. So to have an online marketplace and, and try to, uh, bring a bit of uh, uh, transparency. It's it's uh, uh, something that I believe was very needed, and, uh, and it was a very strong market uh, opportunity for this business model. And and now this year we reached uh, 1.5 million uh, applications uh, per month. Uh, so we we see that uh, I, I believe the Brazilian consumers agree with that. <laughs> that's the that's the important part because when you're obviously doing a new business it it needs to align with somebody who wants whatever it is right it's solving a challenge in the, in the globe in the world um whatever it is that is happening so yeah and and you kind of you were telling me about a story and i'm trying to remember ah the exact story behind it um but we talked about it being a bit of a crystal ball like almost like in the united ah, states yeah. where there's lending tree and there's all those other things but yeah, nobody exactly. has a crystal ball yeah, yeah. Right? no 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 yeah yeah uh, very very true and 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 this uh, uh i mean i have actually also swedish co-founders of the business and they had experience from a very uh, extremely mature market like Sweden and, and Scandinavia, actually. So, mm -hmm. so we knew that with setting up the business, uh, although uh, the size of the market and, like I say, the the maturity of the how digital the market was, and also with these five big banks having such a big part of the market, we could still you know, we still had some kind of crystal ball to know that hey, this business model. Uh, really, really works because there's only one direction the market is going, and that's becoming more, uh, more digital or 100% digital as it almost is now. <laughs> so that helped a lot. Uh, uh, I mean, I was the, the the person on the ground here, uh, uh, setting up the team and so on, but I had my co-founders with uh, with uh, first-hand experience from Norway and Sweden with the same business model. Uh, uh, and and that always helped, you know, gave us confidence and 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 the, and, and 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 as well, like I was talking about long term thinking and and believing, putting the the customer first and so on, and that's that's what we what we had seen in 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 uh, mature market uh, uh, previously. So that yeah. definitely helped to kind of keep keep going and and, and don't look for the short term. Uh, uh, fixes or, or revenue or, or so on. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of times in revenue we do, we look at different growth strategies, right? So in, in growth strategies, there's can be complementary strategies. There can be completely different markets, period. There's, um, and then you, within that, there is ways to expand geographically or whatever. So basically you picked a winning model and, and then knew it would translate to a new geographic area and that hadn't been tapped into. So that's, that's pretty cool, especially because it was already sort of something that needed and it was up and coming and in and, that area. Yeah, I definitely yeah. think so. And, and when we started, we had more geographical uh, restrictions because a lot of the, uh, the, our customers that we then you know sent uh, sent to our bank partners they were limited because one part of the origination of the loan or or, or uh, uh, getting the credit you had to go to a bank agency to actually sign the contract so it's kind of <laughs> half half digital half offline and that we have moved away from uh, by now completely and then of course that opens up all of Brazil uh, with two hundred plus million uh, uh, citizens. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's a fascinating market. I have had my eye on Brazil and what has been going on. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, it, it's Mark, his name is Mark Parrott. He, uh, Metatrends, I, he wrote the book Metatrends and he definitely uses um, some up and coming trends and, um, you know, he used to be wall street and all of those things, but use some of those up and coming trends that are happening in South America, Mexico, you know, the, the region that sometimes people are, don't notice or pay attention to as often as they'll say, well, okay, is it China? Is it, uh, maybe yeah. even North America versus well, and Mexico, excuse me, <clears throat> is North America, but you know what I mean? And, and so you've kind of gone in and gone, oh my gosh, yeah, this, this would be great. And of course the Olympics were in Brazil. So it, it, it kind yeah, of, we had the, yeah, since I moved, we had the 2014, uh, world cup and then six, 2016 Olympics. It's been a lot of ice on Brazil, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's been chaotic as well uh, <laughs> uh, uh, on political situation and so on. But but uh, uh, it's been a very exciting uh, time for sure. And like you said, to look at Latin America or, or as an example and look at Brazil as an example, I've, I've been amazed with, with the fintech. They call it uh, the fintech wave that happened here over the the last six, seven years and, and uh, actually backed really strongly by the central bank and, and, and wanting innovation in the market and so on. And uh, I mean, some, some of the solutions here uh, are uh, uh, ahead of, of, of Scandinavia now. So I think uh, it's really accelerated and it's been extremely exciting to, to build the business uh, uh, at the same time as you see the country really evolving and also in terms of, of venture capital coming in and, and, and uh, 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 you know, global or, or other uh, entrepreneurs coming in from, from outside and starting up uh, yeah. a lot of businesses and a lot of new unicorns here in the market. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Blue Ocean. I think it's Blue Ocean Strategy. Um, but 
sometimes people will talk to me and say, okay, well, what is true disruption? What is true, you know, and we go into kind of what is true disruption. I don't know if there is such a thing or reframing some things or moving into new directions, right? But one of the things that I feel like you've tapped into is saying, okay, there's a blue ocean of opportunity in Brazil because they are emerging on this scene where so many try to hit a market that's been so saturated for so long, right? And we also know from the, uh, I follow ITR economics, uh, it's here in the U, it's global, but it's here in the US. And I really like them um, because they do talk about, uh, you know, they've been 93% accurate over a hundred years, right? And so as there's a small margin of error in there, but if you watch the trends, you knew that infrastructure projects and financial, you know, all of that is part of that and not just construction, but all of everything. And a lot of those places will be the places that weren't tapped before. Some of the infrastructure projects are new. We know there's mega cities out there that are causing um, you're going into existing and fixing, right? But then you have these new and emerging markets and that's, it's easier to move in. And to me, that's the smartest thing. You weren't trying to tap and go into an existing, you were tapping into a market that was literally untapped. And now you're setting something up. So you're at the groundbreaking spot, right? I think that's, that's, I, I, that I to me so. is yeah, disrupting yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. what they are currently doing in that region for sure. You know what I mean? With a model that's proven and repeatable. Because you yeah. already had a model, so that is fantastic. That's really cool. Yeah, no, we definitely had to tropicalize it, or, or you know, the the the, the financial market here or the consumer credit market here is very different. But uh, yeah, it's it it helped us. You know, you, you had the potential. You know that you could come in and 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 really disrupt. But at the same time, the crystal ball. So uh, it 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 helped, especially in those first say two years when you're, you're starting up and, and uh, uh, it's a lot about, uh, you know, raising funds and, and, and so on and proving the, the business model and so on, but we, we kept to it. Yeah, yeah, no, and you kept to it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the next question I'm gonna ask you. So a lot of people are at that beginning phase of their company and, so if you could go back as you're older and wiser, even though you only have a two-year-old, so you're probably not that old, you're probably very <laughs> young, but at the same token, you're older and wiser right now, right? I am. So what do you tell your younger, wiser self to do differently today? And that, and, and in the framework of people giving best practices, you know? Yeah. No, for me, to be honest, I don't know if it's the wiser me that would say, but definitely the one I am today, but I would have said I should have taken this risk or kind of I was at a, a larger company or several I've, you know uh, uh, as an employee for for more than 10 years of, of my career mm. I would have said hey you should have taken this risk earlier to to go into the entry you know the 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 way of the entrepreneur and so on so and 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 in the startup thing I I really felt uh 
the right expression, but I felt at home with with starting the business from zero. And and uh, you know, I looked at a few other opportunities before, but uh, that's what I would say. Hey, uh, take take the step, especially before your life is too. Uh, you know, you have too many other things going around, right? With family and so on. Take the risk. Uh, I am very happy that I am where I am today anyway, but I, I, sh- I probably would have said, yeah, would have, should have done it a bit earlier, you know? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, yeah. That would be, that would be uh, the advice um, to my younger self. To your younger self. So later on, when all this digital is out and your child is grow, grown up, you will go, yeah, just watch that. That's my advice to you. <laughs> Do it sooner. Do it sooner. You might as well, right? I mean, it, take the risk. Um, sometimes people don't, you know, and that yeah. that's good. That's very good. So, all right you're successful at this. This is fun. It's, it's, you love your employees. You love what you're doing today. And so what do you like to do in your free time? I mean, I know you were at the beach for a week and I'm jealous because it's supposed to snow here <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I mean, I'm, uh, uh, like you said in the beginning, I'm, I'm, I'm from Sweden. I'm from Stockholm. Uh, I mean, where I grew up, it was snow uh, at this time of the year. So here I, I really, you know, like enjoy uh, traveling, uh, spend time at the beach, uh, spend time with, uh, w- with my family, of course, you know, uh, my son and so on. Uh, I love football or soccer. Uh, and, and, and Brazil is the country of, of, of uh, of soccer for sure so uh i, I also like i, I gotta know do you paint your like... face with your team colors <laughs> and everything <laughs> uh not not really but uh i love that you know here brazil is crazy here in the office now with uh, the world cup is is just one month away yeah. uh it's uh it's it's a football or soccer uh, crazy craziness going on right now yeah. um, so so that is something that I, I really enjoy how football brings uh, brings together a very to be honest a very divided uh, 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 population here but football is something that everyone can agree on you know especially <laughs> national, uh, national team in the world cup so uh, yeah. That's what I love, but I, and I love traveling in in general as well, and just uh, exploring the world outside Brazil as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you have this darling two year old and this amazing wife, and so then who is your mentor? Who's your favorite? Who's who's if you were to pick a mentor, who would that be? Ah, oh, that's uh, uh, that's a difficult question. I think I haven't had one for you know. Uh, my whole uh, journey here, uh, uh, but uh, definitely some some people on 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 board on the business that you you talk about that kind of uh, been there done that uh, yeah. that helps a lot with building a business because uh, it could be very uh, very lonely at times. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, being the CEO and 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 and. Uh, uh, also, uh, having co-founders on the other side of the world, you know, I have my amazing team here, of course, 
-hmm. but uh, yeah that's that's that, that will be some of the uh, uh, people on board on the business but more as a investor and, and and part of the board and so on that that helped me a lot yeah uh, so then uh, you know I, I don't know if many people said it but my father is someone that I still have a very good uh, contact with and talk with a lot it's really important, I think, when you build a business to talk to someone completely non-connected, right? And that you can yeah. uh, complain to and ask for advice and something. My father, uh, he built a business starting in the 70s and, and he retired about 15 years ago, but mm -hmm. uh, was programming consultants, but he reached also, you know, a, a good uh, uh, size uh, of the company with 60, 70 programmers and so on. So he, wow. uh, he's been my mentor uh, as well, for sure. I, you know, I love how you said that because I, in one of my full-time equivalents, we had what we called superhero day and you were supposed to dress up as your favorite superhero. So I wore a t-shirt that said, I love my mom, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> In and my dad as well, but they have been great. It's hard to pick a single mentor in your journey in life, you know. But what I really love also that you said is, you know, it gets lonely and you kind of need somebody with that outside perspective to be able to talk to about things yeah. that are not inside your business. And I think a lot of people listening really need to, I think that that's where the rise of consultants kind of came into play a lot because every good athlete, every good, I sang opera for 18 years, right? So every good, somebody good at their craft always has an outside influence coaching them, right? And at, at the end of the day, there's a few of them that I know listen to this, like Gareth Ans and I'm going to say his name wrong, Ansley out of Canada. And then um, Nahid Kasazas, she was a business coach for me at a very pivotal time in my life. And I, um, and, and then, you know, we all end up with our challenge networks and it, it's so important that they're not part of your business so you can talk yeah. about the business something right? that might be you feel at you know when you're in the moment uh, yeah. that this is a very big problem but then you get a bit of perspective with talking someone from outside and actually you know uh maybe it's you you're making it much bigger than it actually much is. bigger <laughs> yeah sometimes <laughs> in the moment it's like Oh yeah. yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> you know, let's go take, let's go for a run, let's go <laughs> walk it off. Because sometimes it just is that way, you know. And um, so yeah, that that's fantastic. So in closing, what if there was one thing, one nugget of advice that you would give either your employees, um, people who are looking up to do not similar things maybe with the same type of product that you're working with, but just starting their business, what's the one one piece of advice you might give them? Yeah, I mean, in the startup world, I, I, I think uh, your co-founders uh, is, is key, right? Uh, and not only looking uh, for someone that uh, has the most impressive uh, uh, kind of background and so on, but someone that you get along with because <laughs> normally starting a business, a startup is uh, 
24 seven. So you also, you, you, you need to have a, you know, you need to enjoy being around the person and have a creative dialogue and, and, and can back each other in, in, in that kind of sense mm -hmm. uh, and find someone that also, you know, have the same uh, 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 dream uh, to build something from zero. That's key, I think, just in, in, in the beginning, uh, for sure. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the, the co-founder also needs to bring uh, the kind of skill set uh, or the experience or the network of fundraising and all of this is, is super important. But uh, what you see is yeah, someone that you, know, you, you like. You don't have to be best friends. Uh, <laughs> someone that you can really uh, you know, connect with. And, and because you wake up on a Sunday morning or, or, or something like that and, and, and wants to wants to talk about something, especially again in the beginning of, of, of setting up the business and so on. Here uh, for the team and at the stage we are now, we're, we're close to 80 employees. For me, I mean, I'm the, I'm the only foreigner here uh, uh, and I, I really try to uh, you know, bring my Scandinavian side of, of building the business, know as little bureaucracy as possible and as little hierarchy as possible, a very flat organization. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, we, one thing that we have, which I like, like I said, 80 employees and we have a leadership group uh, of 20, 22 people. So, so yeah. kind of 25% of the company are, are in the leadership group yeah. because they have, you know, they have a small team or, or, uh, kind of as a manager, partnership, uh, partnership manager, or whatever it is, but that yeah. is also something to bring. Uh, uh, I, you know, have an organization with a big leadership group is something that really worked for us. Yeah. You feel a, a very different ownership from everyone, and 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 then also you know a different uh, communication uh, from 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 my point of view as well, because otherwise it could be. Especially now, after the pandemic, home office and all of this, that you, it's 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 hard when your uh, company is growing, right, to keep in touch with everyone. Yeah, and I think you said you hate home office. You like being. Yeah. In, office. I mean, in the sense that uh, I I, do, I see the benefits, and, and we have people that live, uh, you know, can communicate two hours to get to the office, two hours, sure, two sure. hours to get back home. <laughs> so it's not that I hate. No, concept. you for me, I hate it. You... I I uh, <laughs> I really suffered, you know, uh, <laughs> during the pandemic because it gives me energy to talk to people and and I I, yeah. I love building the team and motivate people and 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 that relationship is something that uh, you know makes me smile and and uh, makes me love going to work. So <laughs> it, was, it was really tough to be at home for uh, almost a year. Uh, here in yeah. Brazil, it's, uh, yeah, in, in that sense, I definitely hate home office. <laughs> I was going to say, so for those that are listening, not his employees, just him is what I meant. It's not, <laughs> we're not going down the track of, you know, we're not going down to hybrid workforces and all that kind of stuff <laughs> that it seemed to be a hot topic today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, no. And if, if you're just listening, yeah, um, it does energize you and you definitely smile a ton when you're engaging <laughs> with people right so i totally get it you get cues it's it's hard um 
because I work virtually globally, right? And all the different time zones. And some of those people, I just get to know and love them dearly. I wish I could meet them in person. And maybe that yeah, shows yeah. my age. Hopefully you can. But, Eventually, uh, hopefully future. I can, right? Yeah. But it's one of those things that you do, you, you feel that vibe, you feel that um, connection a lot deeper. Yeah, I, think. No, I, I like the local uh, uh, part of it. And then of course, like as a co-founders, investors in Europe, and, and it's, it's a, a very big part of building the business and communicating around the business is, is uh, digital, but uh, the nitty gritty part of it and building and, and really feeling the business uh, here with a, with a, with a team. Uh, I, uh, I, I live just a few minutes away from the office as well, so I can uh, really uh, uh, feel the connection with, with, with the team and, and, and be here most of the time, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is fantastic. So people will want to connect with you and you can say it in Portuguese and you can say it in English so that we have both covered. And if you want to do it in Swedish upside down as well, <laughs> you can tell us where can they get a hold of you and, you know, and learn more about Financero and all of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be great to connect uh, with, with, uh, uh, your listeners and so on. I think LinkedIn is the best uh, uh, way. And like I said, Financero, uh, my name Ule or Oli Biden, W-I-D-E-N. Uh, but please, I mean, for me, uh, the main platform that I connect with people worldwide is, is, is LinkedIn, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll to find out more about us, please, uh, uh, or me and uh, or us please enter in contact and there's also you know a, a bit of uh, material online in english as well uh <laughs> in, in different publications a lot of it is in in in, in portuguese though yeah. Uh, but yeah it's been been a wonderful journey so far and i would love to share more if someone is interested in looking at brazil uh to move here or to invest here or to start a business or a Brazilian living abroad, thinking about you know moving back. This uh, is something I I love uh, uh, connecting with people with uh, interest, especially then of course in the startup or the fintech scene here in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, when you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, my nephew James Huff, he's going to be in contact because he lived in Brazil, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure at some point he would love to go back. And yeah, so anyways, this has been wonderful. Thank you to all the listeners and viewers, love, like, whatever you want to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just always grateful because I get to meet such amazing humans on this show. So thank you again so much, Ola. It has been so fun to have you on the show. Yeah, no, thank you, Valerie. And, and thanks again for the invitation. And let's stay in touch, right? And good Definitely. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Thank you all for joining another great episode. For show notes, links, and resources, visit revenuemaze.com. Hats off to all you small businesses out there. I can't wait for the next episode.